scammers are stealing hundreds of millions of pounds every year. They bombard us with fraudulent texts, emails and calls. And what's more, their tactics are getting increasingly sinister. To keep across the latest scams, sign up to our free Scam Alert service to help you stay ahead of the latest scams and protect yourself. Go to witch.co.uk forward slash scam alert dash newsletter. That's witch.co.uk forward slash scam alert dash newsletter. Thank you. Last minute escapes. In the sun? What is the best airline? Or the worst airline? What happens if my flight is delayed? Or cancelled? Would I be put on a new flight? Or would I be refunded? What if it takes me days to get home? Hmm, benefits of a UK staycation. When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Witch Shorts podcast. I'm Rob Lilly. Each and every Wednesday, we're here to bring you the very best articles from across Witch, as we make them available for you to listen to. Now, we're in for a healthy dose of escapism this week, as we go searching for the very best wildlife that the UK has to offer. And remember, we'd love to hear your thoughts on these episodes too, so email us at podcasts at witch.co.uk, that's podcasts at witch.co.uk, and there's a chance I'll read out your comments on next week's episode. For now though, it's time for a whistle-stop tour around the UK, as I hand you over to Angus Farker, and he's reading this piece originally written by Rory Boland. The Americans have Yellowstone National Park, the Aussies have the Great Barrier Reef, and we've got Wiccan Fen, just off the A142 between Little Thetford and Newmarket. What each share is being the most biodiverse place in their respective country, with more recorded species than anywhere else. But while most of us would happily fly halfway across the world to explore Yellowstone or the Great Barrier Reef, we probably wouldn't bother to turn left at the Newmarket Tesco roundabout to follow the signs to Wiccan. Most of us doesn't include David Attenborough or Chris Packham. In fact, a roll call of celebrity conservationists can't stay away. I know because I find their photos hung in the corridor of the visitor centre toilet block, a brilliant show of British understatement. Not that this inauspicious placement has put David off, he's been back recently to film an episode of the BBC's Wild Isles. No word on Chris. Star pulling power may seem an odd measure of the importance of a natural reserve, but it reflects the high esteem in which Wiccan Fen has been held ever since Darwin chased beetles here. What draws the celebs is the same thing that brings butterflies and dragonflies, reed warblers and muntjac deer. This is one of the richest habitats in Europe. Richness isn't my first impression. From the threshold of the reserve is an endless sweeping sea of reeds, slowly waving in the wind across a landscape flat to the horizon, almost alien-like in its monotone. I spot a pair of marsh harriers barrel rolling in the air, in silence, I watch them glide slowly through the sunshine, making tight passes before locking their wings into a V-shape and diving beyond the reeds. It's utterly pointless to chase a bird of prey across wetlands, but you can't help yourself. And as I push past the reeds, I find the richness, marshes and ponds, grassland and patches of wood, too. Emma, 
a National Trust volunteer, explains that unusually this variety is thanks to rather than in spite of human habitation. For half a millennia, the fen people who lived here dug peat from the bogs to warm their homes and cut sedge to thatch their roofs. This created a natural equilibrium, generating new habitats, but at a pace that allowed land to regenerate. More than 9,000 species call Wiccan home, and more are found between the marsh orchids and milk parsley each year. When I stop at the boardwalk trails that gently thread across the land, I find every blade of grass rustles, every reed bed trembles. Dragonflies dogfight over the water's edge, and mountains of fish bubble in shallow streams. You don't need to look for wildlife, because it's everywhere. I've never been somewhere more alive. This is what makes Wiccan unique, a chance to see nature's abundance as our ancestors did, to experience somewhere unchanged since the Middle Ages. I know what you're thinking. As lovely as that sounds, you wouldn't swap seeing a few dragonflies for a bear in Yellowstone. It's true, if it's grandstand wildlife you want, then few of the 9,000 creatures at Wiccan Fen will set your heart beating faster. Step in Scotland. Many places in the UK claim to be the best spots to see big ocean mammals, but I put my money on the Isle of Mull simply because it has the longest-running whale-watching company in the UK. If you've been taking boats out for 40 years, like Sea Life Mull, the odds are that you know all the best waves to look under. Mull wastes no time in pulling out its first wow moment. On the hour-long ferry over from Oban, I watch, transfixed, as hundreds of translucent jellyfish gently pulsate alongside the boat. An ordinary sight here, I'm told, as is seeing every single tourist on board bent double across the stern, phone cameras clicking. Nature tourism to Mull has boomed in recent years, whether for whales, eagles or puffins, but somehow it doesn't feel overrun. In Tobermory, the main village, there is a fancy fish restaurant or two and a stretch of gift shops, but the community hasn't been overturned. Standing in the queue at Tobermory stores, I hear reassuringly everyday grumbles over missing post and errant ferries. There remains a meaningful connection to the sea too. The Seafair Chandlery is curled around a natural harbour where I watch lobster pots being hauled over the side of the pier in the evening twilight and burly men in oilskins examine rope by the reel. For my big sea adventure, I come armed with a lawn sausage, packed lunch and a head full of hope. I try to remember the jellyfish as Jimmy, our guide on board Sea Life Mole's mini catamaran, warns the 30 or so passengers that wildlife sightings are never guaranteed. He's immediately embarrassed by a pair of harbour porpoise who come arching into view over his shoulder. The porpoise show lasts just a handful of dives before passengers are asked to fan out across the top deck to scan the horizon for sightings. We are told it can be an arduous duty that takes hours. Instead, what follows is a four-hour oceanic safari at an almost breathless pace. As we round the harbour into the sound of Mull, the boat slows to admire grey seals sunning themselves on the rocky shore, before a shout and growing stampede to the far side of the boat reveals puffins dive-bombing for fish. Porpoise, puffins and seal sightings is already a fine day's work, but we've barely bobbed into the Atlantic when a minky whale bumps into us. It's lunge feeding, making short, fast dives into piles of sand eels while gannets hover overhead to pick on the leftovers. It stays within metres of the boat, 
close enough for the heart-stopping experience of hearing it grunt as it passes across the bow. Proof that fame is always fleeting comes with the sight of a potential blowspout on the back of the boat. There are murmurings of a humpback and the minky is instantly forgotten for the promise of greater, rarer pleasures. The boat sets course for the blowspout, but the small fin, visible only through binoculars, almost immediately submerges to leave behind a nervous tension. A humpback is rare, even in these waters, and the marine researcher and biologist aboard furrow their brows as it makes fugitive appearances from port to stern. Half an hour's determined guesswork by the skipper finally sees us creep closer before the beast is upon us, announced by a belly flop and gasps on board. The glee a sighting of this magnitude brings is almost as remarkable as the sighting itself, with everyone from grizzled Arctic explorers to day tourists letting out squeaks of childlike joy. There's more still. Off the front of the boat, dolphins emerge. Hundreds of them. The superpod makes directly for the boat before putting on what can only be described as a West End show of dancing and splashing. People pace across the boat, torn between watching the once-in-a-lifetime humpback appearance or the playful dolphins. In the end, the upstaged dolphins start leaping over the humpback. For a few minutes, they swim together, the dolphins buzzing around the whale's head. Finally, it's had enough and in one last dramatic scene, slaps its wing-like tail to shoo them away before diving into the abyss. We head back to port with packed lunches uneaten and nature talks never given. Instead, there is the silence of satisfaction on board. As Jimmy says, there aren't many days out here when dancing dolphins are the sideshow. So that's two days in the life of Britain and its wildlife. Of course, places such as Yellowstone, the Great Barrier Reef and other international parks are extraordinary, but we can overlook the extraordinary in our own back garden. It's certainly something that I was guilty of. I travelled to the Dominican Republic to see whales, met alligators in the Everglades and kangaroos in the outback, yet I've never seen more wildlife in a single day than in Wiccan and Mole. Some of that is luck, of course, but it's also a reflection of the life of these extraordinary islands. Go see it. Thank you so much to Angus and to Witch Travel Editor Rory Boland too. His piece was originally written for the September issue of Witch Travel magazine. Remember you can find more articles you'll find useful every day on everything from money and technology to home and garden advice by signing up to one of our many free email newsletters. You can do that at witch.co.uk forward slash newsletters. We'll be back next week for another episode of Witch Shorts and thanks for listening. Witch Shorts was produced by me, Rob Lilly, while the exec producer was Angus Farker. What is happening to supermarket prices? Do own label brands taste good? What's the best supermarket? What's the worst? How do I spend less on my weekly shop? Are there ways I can shop smarter? Should I just be growing my own veg? How do I even grow veg? <sighs> Wine to pair with spag ball? When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk.